swing of things here at Hawk Talk Podcast HQ and officially on the road to round one as training rolls on, practice matches await and intrigue around the Hawthorne Football Club is at an all-time high. There's a bit to discuss so let's get down to business. Welcome to the Hawk Talk Podcast. My name is Nick Mason and joining me as always is a man who recently bid on a board game Uh, by Hawthorne, what? By Hawthorne's own James Morrissey. What's wrong? uh, Well, I mean, I'm trying to win it, Nick. What are you doing? You raise a fair point. (laughs) I mean, the bit that'll be over by now, won't it? Have you got it or? Oh no! Are you in the box seat? I've got a few days actually. Oh, okay. I, I, I'm the only person bidding. Um, you know what? It needed some advertising. Let's make it exciting. Let's lessen my workload. I'm leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Uh, anyway. Tell me about this board game. I, I had no idea that James Morrissey made a board game. Uh, it's actually really bad, and uh, <laughs> I can see why no one would ever want to play it. And uh, yeah, at least said about it, the better. But we may. Oh, now you're talking it down deliberately. <laughs> I see your game. <laughs> yeah. What's the point? Like, what? How do you play? Like, I don't remember. I had it as a kid. Oh, okay. And I can't, can't. I have no idea where it went, and I hmm. thought I'd pick one up again and see how it goes. My favourite Hawthorne uh, game, of course, growing up was Hungry Hungry Hutters. Was that actually a one? No. Oh, okay. No, no, my actual favourite was Connect 3. It's when you win 2013, 2014, 2015. Okay. Yeah. Of course, Richmond's uh, <laughs> is just Connect. Not a very fun game. Uh, anyway. Do you want to hear about Snakes and Ladders, North Edition? Is it all snakes? It's all snakes. Brought to you by Allens. <laughs> Oh, mate, there's been a bit of news floating around. I mean, we're still in the off-season, but it's not all quiet down at, uh, down at Hawthorne HQ. Have we opened HQ. up a media hub or something down at Hawthorne? Because we're hitting the papers, like all these other clubs are just flying under whatever radar that is. And we've got articles about Jager trying to leave, and uh, what else? Well, yeah, I think it's positive besides <laughs> that, to be fair. <laughs> I think it's all about contract signings and who's training the house down. And, uh, oh, did you see the interview with Sammy, where he says what I say? Go on. With all the uh, intra-club things, if some bloke performs really well, that means the opponent was just, what were you doing, mate? (laughs) (laughs) Let people enjoy things, please. (laughs) It is. It's a two-edged sword. I mean, we'll we'll get to the intra-club in a sec, but uh, first news item off the top here is a big one, actually. Three defenders have re-signed through to the end of 2024. We've got uh, DGB, Jack Scrimshaw, and Changwath Chair. First of all, DGB... Denver Granger Barras, how are you feeling about that re-signing? Uh, very exciting for the club. He looks like a future leader, doesn't he? So uh, they, I mean, I need to see. I want to see more of him. Yeah, and, I, I, uh, he's I've, very keen to hit the track. Oh, he is. He, he's spirited, to, yeah. to say the least. He's a very enthusiastic and aggressive competitor, and he's showed that in the intra club as well. Look, I, I'm not as bullish as some people, simply for the fact that I haven't seen enough. But he speaks impressively, doesn't he? He does. He does. He, he seems like a professional operator, and I like what I've seen so far, but it's very early days. So. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure coming on him. There is. And there is. I can see why, but also, you know, just ease it off a bit, let him grow. 
I mean, by the same token, is there a lot of pressure on him? Because, I mean, he's just got two more years in the bank. Oh, so. the expectation, I meant. Not well, really pressure, but yeah. the expectation is there from Hawthorne fans. So, you know, we're pretty good. We can pick talent, can't we, as fans? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, the, fan, the fans know what's what. And the club clearly have high expectations for yeah. him. To sign him for two years, it's basically saying, hey, you're, you're the next guy. You're the next big key defender for us. I mean, that was the idea when we drafted him. But this is a, a big seal of approval as far as the club's concerned. So that's an intra-club accolade, mm. you know, pat on the back for him. But I did not expect Champion Data to come out and <laughs> declare some elites at Hawthorne, specifically two blokes. Like, I know Wingard's been elite before, so he's one on the list who's elite. Sure. We still expect more of him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he's quite hit his ceiling yet at Hawthorne, which is enormously exciting. But then to see two small forwards rated elite out of that Hawthorne lineup. Oh, come on. You're not going to take issue with Punky, are you? No, but, I mean, top goal scorer. But I didn't... I wasn't sure that... I mean, we we're well aware how good Dylan Moore was coming into the end of the season. But for him to reach that echelon already, mm. it, it is very, very impressive. Yeah, it's quite unexpected, isn't it? Considering where he was, he was out the door. Yeah. I'll... And our champion data inside a year have gone, yeah, you're elite now. Fantastic story. So that's that's three of the four. Yep. And the fourth, re-signed recently, Jack Scrimshaw. That's right. The pirate. The pirate? I'm going to call him the pirate. Have I missed something? I don't know. Scrimshaw. Captain Jack? Okay, there we go. <laughs> Where were you coming from? I had to fill in the blanks for you there. I kind of like it that he might be one-eyed, supporter of what we oh, Okay, there you go. We have it. Now we're cooking with gas, <laughs> now, aren't are we? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, I love that. I was thinking about it over the over the summer break, lying on the beach and going, you know, if only Hawthorne had had this policy in the past, where mm. if you barrack for Hawthorne, you could be picked up by Hawthorne. Yeah. You know? You and I might not be here today doing this. <laughs> That's where it was going. But also, it speaks to all the kids at Auskick, you know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, you want to go to Hawthorne, better barrack for him. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Jack Scrimshaw, bit of a surprise though. I'll, I'll grant you that. Yeah. Well, oh, this is how much he stepped up in the absence of Sicily. He did exactly what he needed to. I mean, I'll, I'll, I've been a big fan of his. I thought he had a very underrated season 2021 because he did just that. I mean... <laughs> We didn't... Of course, Sicily added to this Hawthorne outfit. We're instantly improved. Yeah. Like, we're instantly a better side. And so is Scrimshaw. Oh, absolutely. He's a better player with with uh, Sicily there. Definitely. But it's a full credit to Scrimmer that we didn't hurt so badly for the loss of Sicily. He really stepped up in a major way. So, look, I, I like that he's given this accolade and I like that he's been re-signed through the end of 2024. I think that's a, a, a great move by the club. And the third re-signing, of course, one, number nine. It feels good, doesn't it? Like, every every time that comes up, it's like, yeah, number nine, Chengoth Jath. Yeah. Just Hawth- works. Hawthorne, number nine. So in those three signings, that is the next five years of the Hawthorne backline. Yeah, an already strong defensive line effectively just remained strong for a few years, which is a pretty good result. Uh, I, I'm a fan of all three re-signings, no question about any of them, uh, particularly CJ. I reckon <laughs> I've watched a, a lot of Hawthorne highlights over the summer. I reckon no more than CJ's highlight reel. I can't wait for him to be back. I don't know if he'll be round one ready, but when he comes back, it's going to be something special to watch. Yeah, so, you know, we're speaking about pressure with DGB. Guys, under pressure, and this is very early to be mentioning the list of free agents for 2022, but... Uh, <laughs> you can tell even afl.com.au are like, 
we really need some games, guys. Well, <laughs> we I mean, need we, something to talk about. But we have to mention this because Clarko's on the blower, telling people he's going to a new club. Prowling. And uh, <laughs> do you think he doesn't want a hawker going up with him? Of course he does. Well, I dare say that he's got his eye on a few. There's at least two that stick out to me. And who wants to retire in the sun is my question. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's, we've compiled a list here, and I would say that Sicily is probably a big priority. Yes. And I reckon Jack Gunston. Let's just run through them. Gunston, Hal, McAvoy, Shields, Sicily, and Kyle Hardigan. I'd be moving to retain most of those guys, to be honest. Would you by the end of the year, even even Big Ben? I think the two that I'm concerned about in terms of their future in the brown and gold is probably Big Boy, because he's coming towards the end of his career, and, and Liam Shields, I would say. The rest of Dan Howe. Dan Howe could leave. If reports are accurate, then he could leave. Well, reports are that he had interviews at Sydney and Richmond. Yeah, well, you're scouting those guys out, sounding out his opportunities there. That's what we've heard. But How's he looking in the intra-clubs? Very good. Oh. That's the thing. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Not what you wanted to hear. <laughs> it's that whole line. That, that all of the wingmen are apparently flying at the moment, which is great. I think that's a pure function of the... Of the the game plan? Yeah, the game plan. It might have something to do with it. But who, who, who's your priority in that list? Is it the same as me? Well, I think Sicily is probably top of the tree there. Well, don't we just go on talent first? Isn't that what Hawthorne do? Well, I Best mean, Best talent hope so. available? Yeah, well, you'd so, hope so. Uh, you'd hope that's Sicily, the philosophy. Sicily, Gunston, McAvoy, Shields, Howe, Hardigan. Oof. No, Hardigan's important because he's a key position. So- Hardigan's important because, like, it really just depends on where you get to at the end of 2022. That, like, this season... It's, but it's such a hard handover, the fullback position, to hand that's that right. over. But we've got no one there. I think even by the end of the 2022 season, I'm not sure who steps up into his role. If anyone could enlighten me at Hawk Talk Pod, I just don't think we have anyone at the moment. Well, isn't DGB the future fullback? It's too soon. He is the future, yeah, but it's too soon. You, you like, see, you can get to that point where um, well, you've got Kyle Hardigan and he's still holding the spot out for DGB, but then if DGB's not ready and Kyle Hardigan starts to tip over the hill, yeah, yeah. you can't really attract another fullback. Yes, yeah. Because DGB's the heir apparent, so what's going to... Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, it's a tenuous balancing act for sure. I mean, this is just another piece of the puzzle. This is why this season is just so critical to the rebuild. So we'll wait to see what happens with those guys. It's an intriguing list, that's for sure. But this is a bit negative. I mean, all the stuff coming out of out of Hawthorne, this is, if these guys are good enough and if the team plays really well into the plan, they, they'd probably all look at staying on the list. And it's other blokes that come off, the younger fellas that the pressure goes on to. It doesn't have to be negative. I mean, these are just facts of life. These are the free agents we have. Um, we'll see what happens with them. I mean... You make a good point, though. It is thoroughly positive out at Hawthorne HQ at the moment. I mean, the, the morale is an all-time high, it seems, which is miraculous given where we have come from in the past year. Um, things under Mitchell seem to be travelling along pretty well. So the intra-club is very encouraging. But like I said, double-edged sword. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, do we go through it then? Because I feel like anything we say, you're just going to come back with, yeah, but who is on him? <laughs> yeah, well, that is the point. But uh, what you need to look at is how the ball is moving. And the ball is moving very well. You see, in the intra-club, it's a different environment because the other team knows exactly what you're trying to do. That's right. And what they're trying to do, I think, as far as I can tell, they're emulating the blueprint that was at Box Hill. 
as closely as they can. I mean, different personnel, obviously, but it's a game plan that really runs on this electric work rate and you've just got to take the game on. That's the idea here. What has been interesting is that a number of track watchers have all arrived at the same conclusion to this point, right? There's a sense that there's a synergy that needs to be sharpened here, that needs to be worked on between the younger brigade and the older guys because you've still got some guys that, I think reflexively, I'm not sure they mean it, they slow things down and bomb it long. Sound familiar? Yeah. Apparently we don't want to be doing that anymore. Oh, really? Really, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a brave Because I world. always love watching that part. I know, <laughs> it's great. You know. <laughs> but you've got to have a get-out kick. So I guess in the intra-club... That's just not the go-to. That's not what you want to be doing. It's no, it's plan a, B, plan C. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's not what you're meant to be working on. So the idea is just to drive it forward with swiftness and precision. That's the idea. And uh, obviously, as you would expect, the sprightly younger Hawks are a bit better at executing this than the older guys. Well, I mean, it's also about timing too because the, the older guys know when to run that attack and when to slow it down. True. Um, and that'll be very, very important come the actual games that that smidge of discipline that's required and tempo but you really you really need to when if you're trying to change how a team plays and how they think and how they automatically react you have to have this kind of all right 100 percent this yeah because we know you can do that yeah well, a couple of guys that have come in are demonstrating that perfectly. You've got the zippy midfield duo of Ward and McDonald lighting it up at the moment. They already look right at home with this style, which is great. Their acceleration away from the pack looks delicious. 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 Oh, we're wheeling that one out. Uh, speedy and skillful is what they are. Uh, judging by the highlights as well, I've been impressed with what I've seen with O'Meara, who, who doesn't seem out of place at all, which is very encouraging. He was actually very industrious in the footage I watched. So I can't help but think that it might might not be just limited to Jager, but our other midfielders might benefit from this, I don't know, new supporting cast of players. Well, we used to have the whack-a-mole that we used to talk about in the forward line, right? That's right, yeah. We want that in the midfield. Yeah, absolutely true. And I think it comes about through... Um, We've got a bit more flexibility now. We've got different types of players. I mean, a guy that I haven't even listed in the rundown, you'll be delighted with this, Connor Nash. Oh. I mean, you know, he's something different. You inject him into the midfield, already we're looking a little bit different. And then you've got, as we said, Ward, McDonald, uh, Jai Newcomb as well. I mean, you start to get options, you start to become unpredictable, and then it becomes that whack-a-mole type thing. What I'm really curious about is how he's going to manage the ruck, Sammy. Mm. Because... He wants the team to be unpredictable and fast. Mm. Does he go for unpredictable and fast in the ruck? Well, at the moment in our match sims, the intra-clubs, that sort of thing, uh, it's neck and neck, really. Like Reeves and Lynch, no one has really, of the two of them, put their hand up just yet. So they're competing well with one another for that number one ruck spot. Uh, it's become clear, meanwhile, that McAvoy is going to be spending more time up forward. And not down back. Not down back. I think that experiment is six feet under now. That's it. It's over. Oh, <laughs> a sigh of relief from this. 
According to the Hawthorne website, actually, the uh, recent intra club kicked off with some matchups in the middle of the ground that uh, might be a bit intriguing to your tears. We had Ned Reeves leading a midfield group of Jager, Tom Mitchell, and Ned Long, who we're starting to hear a little bit more about now. Ned Long, he's travelling along very nicely, unorthodox kicking style, but other than that, flying. What are we talking? What kind of kicking style? Is it a bit of the old Campbell Browns about it, or? Oh, now, now there's a kicking style. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, worked for two thousand eight. It did. Didn't I, it? It's one of the most. Fantastic memories I have of his kicking. Just let it rip, <laughs> sail the right through. Lent uh, back on the kick, everything wrong with it, still went through. So you've got O'Meara, Mitchell and Long and Reeves, of course, uh, facing Lynch, Warple, Ward and Newcomb. Who have you got, Tiz? Four on four, who are you picking? Well, surely O'Meara and Mitchell. I mean, you say that. But? I don't know. I like the sound of the other four. Matt, I, look, I'm prepared to be entertained. Well, That's who, why. who performed better? Putting that aside, of course, Tiz. No, like you're right, obviously. You, you probably pick the quartet with the Brownlow medalist. <laughs> but I'm just, what can I say? I'm ready for the new era of Hawthorne. I'm just, I'm more excited by Lynch, Warple, Ward and Newcomb. I want to see what they've got. And same as Long. Like, I want to see, I know what O'Meara and Mitchell can bring. And then we've got to get to your boy having a day out upfield. Who was on him? Was it uh, Green Grass? Was he manning up on Mitch Lewis? What? The thing about Mitch Lewis is these eight goals, right? Now, eight is a bloody big bag. That is great form. It's for the day. So, you know, we're talking about swapping teams, different personnel around him. He finished with eight. He had different guys on him as well. Uh, he had Hardigan. He had Sicily for a bit. Frost matched up on him. And he, was already, he already had, a, I think, about four or five to that point. But after that, when he was looking his best, he was matched up on uh, Blank from Box Hill. So, I mean, read into that what you will. But it's just good to have a forward in form. Confidence ain't a bad thing, you know. And you could say, counterpoint, it's at the expense of someone else. Now, was Dylan Moore on the same team as Mitch Lewis? I think he was for a fair bit, yeah. And he kicked five. Yeah, Dylan Moore kicked five, yeah. That's elite, Dylan Moore. That's a big chunk of goals. <laughs> what, 13 between them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the tall forward, small forward duo I want in my side. Yes. Jacker involved at all? Or? New. <laughs> uh, look, there might be a bit of reason for was that. Was he playing decoy? I, I think he was dealing with a broken finger. That's what I've read. And Denver. Well, and Denver, yeah. Denver's quality opposition, so that, that wouldn't help either. But look, a broken finger alone, it'd throw me off my game, personally. Yeah. I don't think I'd be up for the fight. So, I mean, reportedly, though... Uh, there was a gold and brown team, obviously. The gold team at one point lined up with a forward line that would make you think that they're the probables. Mm-hmm. Now, here we go. we got Lewis, Gunston, McAvoy, Jecker was part of that group, Bruce and Moore. Wow. Which uh, is pretty bloody good. So much for Wingard. Well, where is Wingard in that mix, I wonder? Where is Wingard? Yes. <laughs> got a bit of the life of Brian about yeah, it. Where's Wingard? No. Yeah, where's Wingard? I honestly can't remember. He might have been part of a rehab group. Yeah, because obviously I think there's, he a, is. there's a few guys yeah. that didn't take part. He might have been one of them on this occasion. Uh, Sicily, back to doing Sicily things. Stamping's authority as our intercept king once more. Long live the king, Tiz. Gunston, so, much the same. So he's just got that lovely gait that he's always had. The injury hasn't... Well, this is the encouraging thing. And look, all the footy media led with these two guys when they were talking about this intra-club. All I wanted to talk about was Sicily and Gunston. And fair enough. They're the huge two returns for the Hawks. 
Uh, both of them very much seemed back in business and uh, Gunston was moving well, hitting targets with precision. I think I said last time that you tend to miss the, uh, his, his perfect kicking. You know, we've been without it for so long that now that it's back, you're like, oh, yes, a sight to behold. It's all working again perfectly. Uh, and going by the highlights, we were talking about the run before and that cornerstone of the game plan. The run and carry of the likes of Bramble, Newcomb and even Finn McGuinness uh, it was really exciting to watch. Well, Collingwood will be worried, mate. <laughs> yeah, for their practice match with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that, um, I don't think we had this info on hand last time we recorded. That is available to stream via KO. Oh, really? Because uh, it's one of those things where I didn't quite know where Maul was. So I looked it up on the map. I was like, well, I won't be going there. <laughs> That's a little too far for me. So I'm very happy to stream it on KO. Um, so I guess we're tuning up for that. But before that, reportedly, uh, the players let slip about this, actually. We have a, a practice hit out against Carlton at Princess Park. Which we're not allowed to go to. Not, not allowed, allowed to, to go attend. to. And I don't know why. Why can't you open it to the public? Surely, I would have thought Carlton would be keen to just have anyone there. Yeah, I mean, they're still trying to get people to buy season tickets at Carlton. So, okay, all right. You know, that's any kind is. of bad news about how <laughs> how the season's going to be looking. Yeah, they're Mi- very fickle. When know? Mitch Lewis strolls in and kicks 18, it's like, well, <laughs> that, that's just bad business, isn't it? <laughs> so there you go. We've got a couple of tune-ups and, of course, the, uh, the pre-season game against Richmond. So some signs of it sort of coming together. I, I think it's bloody exciting, though. I'm really enjoying all the uh, the comms coming out of the club at the moment. Everyone seems up and about. There's plenty to like right now down at Hawthorne. Sammy's just hitting all the right moves. The players seem happy. Beautiful times. And now that we've tied a bow and all that, it's time for the halftime break. Tiz, I'm going to take you and the listeners back to where Hawthorne supporters dare not tread. The 2014 preliminary final, Hawthorne, Port Adelaide, the MCG with everything to play for and the clock counting down. How are you feeling in those moments? It's heart and mouth stuff. Hodgy with the smother and all the while Buddy waiting for us the following week. It didn't feel good. It certainly didn't feel good at the pub afterwards talking to mates. I mean, we thought we'd spend all of our luck inside that one evening. We didn't know what we'd produce the next week. No, but from that close shave... Came the fantastic performance next week. And if we're talking close shaves and high performance, that's a great time to introduce our first ever sponsor here on the Hawk Talk podcast. Support for the show is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, Tiz. Mate, that is a really pleasing segue. Gotta say, got that out of the bag really well. Excellent stuff. You should wait for the discount code. Anyway, we're on board with 4 million men worldwide, plus... They trust Manscaped and so do we. We have this exclusive offer for you now, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code REALLYPLEASING at manscaped.com. So what do we get in the performance package, Nick? Well, I'm delighted to talk about this because we both received one and I think it's been fantastic. We've got the Lawnmower 4.0. 4.0, that's gone through various iterations. It's the best it's ever been. It is the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It's waterproof, 400k LED spotlight. That made life a lot easier, I'll say that. Uh, when it comes to your ear and nose, you want to trim those as well. You've got the Weed Whacker, you've got the Crop Preserver Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner in the same pack as well, because you've got to look after that stuff, Tiz. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a pair of briefs each as well. Yeah, and the travel bag. And the travel bag. The whole kitten caboodle inside the one bag. Bloody brilliant. So we wouldn't uh, recommend anything that we haven't enjoyed ourselves. 
So we're happy to have this really pleasing offer. That's right, absolutely. We want you to get behind Manscaped, support the people that support the Hawk Talk podcast, get 20% off and free shipping with the code REALLYPLEASING at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping with the code REALLYPLEASING. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Tiz, I'll say this, it's the kind of close shave that unlike the 2014 preliminary final, you'll actually enjoy. Mind you, the result was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed that game. Yeah, and I enjoyed the shave. Now, Nick, you had an early Sunday morning, didn't you? Because you were up watching the VFLW. It's a bloody good thing that they're live streaming every VFLW game this season because, uh, mate, this might surprise you. I didn't feel like being at Arden Street Oval yet again. <laughs> I, I couldn't understand why you went the other week. But anyway. I just craving football. I'm still craving football. And that's why I'm so glad that the VFLW season has kicked off. We get to enjoy, well, I mean, Hawthorne opened their account with a, a stunning victory. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely blitzed them. Hawthorne 10 12 72 defeated North Melbourne 2 1 13. All those shots were in the third quarter, weren't they, for North Melbourne? No, no, they, uh, Hawthorne conceded the opening goal of the game. Oh, okay. And, uh, well, as far as scoring goes with North Melbourne, there's not much more to say. Because, <laughs> like I said, they only managed 13 points for the game. It was a wasteful turn from the Hawks. They, they regained control after that minor blemish to open the game. And uh, it was a wasteful turn from there. We kicked 2-6 to quarter time. So, really, if we hadn't had our kicking boots on, we might have ended the game. The contest might have been over then and there. In the well, first term. 2-6 in the first quarter and you end 10-12. That's pretty good after that. It was. Uh, they were never really threatened, uh, Hawthorne, after that moment. Uh, they put the contest to bed in the third. That's where they did all the damage, slamming on six goals to North. Now, in fact, I say North tears. North didn't manage a single scoring shot for the second half. Wow. Never mind, like, hitting the scoreboard at all. They didn't even get a look at it. <laughs> so... It might not surprise you to learn that Hawthorne had 48 inside 50s to North Melbourne's 11. Gee. Hawthorne, uh, it felt like they were, I won't say toying with North Melbourne, but the game was all on their terms. What they were doing is just permitting North to get only so far with the footy. And by so far, I mean the halfback. Okay. And North were able to chip it round, maybe try and figure out how to mount an attack. And Hawthorne, the second North tried to advance, like they became comfortable with, like, yep, that's the way forward. Hawthorne's just like, no, you're not doing that. So that's how it was. That, I've that's... seen that somewhere before. Let them get it to half back and then put the pressure on the next kick. Exactly right. Yeah. It's all the familiar signs there. We'd just claw it back and send the footy straight back into our forward 50. The clearances were 28 to 17. Our contested game was really strong. It felt like every pack that formed. You could back our players to scrap it and claw the footy back. And just the hunger and the intent was evident from the first bounce, which is really good to see. Marks, I noticed as well, they were 57 to 42 in our favour. I'm not at all surprised that we led this stat. Our aerial game was far stronger. And uh, there were some great grabs that almost always served to like really get our momentum going. Now, as we go through these names of the best on ground, mm. this is to inform us for the AFLW campaign we'll be launching... At the end of the year, right? Yeah, well, all of this is important. And this is part of the reason why I especially took an interest and, and I set it all up on YouTube and I was streaming it because I'm interested to see the kind of talent that we're going to have in our inaugural AFLW side. Uh, I guess best on ground. We'll start with best on ground. Why not? Tegan Cunningham, former Melbourne AFLW player, has actually retired from the comp. Uh, not an amazing start to the game. 
she had a few shanks that she might be disappointed with, and she got a, I think it was 50-metre penalty that I thought was a bit dodgy. Oh, okay. But the umpire never nominated who to give the ball back to. Oh, I mean, and she's round sort of, one, you're just blowing out the cobwebs a bit, uh, you like, know, and get a bit frustrated with the old... It's not just the players, it's the umpires too, I suppose. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, the umpire never nominated who to give the ball back to, oh, and she's sort oh. of standing there holding it like not giving back the footy. It's like, you haven't told me where to give it. Anyway, I thought it was rubbish. <laughs> so I'm craving footy, mate. I'm getting... <laughs> Getting all wound up. Your laptop, all right? The laptop's fine. Good. <laughs> uh, Cunningham turned her fortunes around completely, though, after that to become the most industrious player on the ground. Tis 25 touches, 12 hitouts, and a goal, and only became more influential as the game wore on. So, full credit to her. Lauren Zagetti uh, was probably my next best on the field. 19 touches and kicked 1 1. It was seemingly everywhere, just in every positive, productive chain of play. There she was. At best performing midfielder, who was uh, pretty consistent, I thought, from the first to the final siren. And then an old favourite, Tamara Luke. Captain of the club, super influential, played like a captain, was just strong at every contest, proved very difficult to beat. And she had a number of like just really big moments that set the tone for the club and, and just trouncing this North Melbourne outfit. I think one of the more memorable highlights of the day was coming off the bench and just being like a smidge too late to affect the contest, standing the mark... And North Melbourne are finally like, you beauty, we're on the wing here. We're going to surge forward finally. Big old smother. Massive. And then it was us going forward. (laughs) Brilliant stuff from Tamara Luke. Uh, Finished with two goals, four. So easily could have been a day out for her. Uh, Mieta Kendall actually really liked her game. A hybrid defender at Melbourne who actually didn't manage a game for the Ds. Which surprised me because I I think she's really talented. Uh, Outscored North Melbourne single-handedly with three goals. Um, I guess if we're talking... Uh, in terms of analogous plays for, for the men's comp that we've seen in Brown and Gold over the years, uh, Puopolo, Dylan Moore, that kind of thing. There's just right. a, there's presence, and it's really good to watch. She's going to build a highlight reel and cause plenty of headaches for the opposition teams. So there you go. That was that game in a nutshell, and uh, Hawthorne did it really easily in the end. And in a very strange bit of statistical anomalies... Geelong, who we play next, also won by 59 points. That's right. Yeah, I noticed that. That was a weird one. Uh, at Deakin University, we'll, we'll uh, take on Geelong at Warren Ponds at 12 p.m. Saturday, Feb 19. So that's this Saturday. The next game after that, as you say, uh, the whole schedule hasn't been announced, but we've got the, the following game against Darabin uh, at Latrobe University in Bundura at 11 a.m. Saturday, February 26. So you put out a tweet. What questions come to mind when we think about the 2022 season, mm-hmm. and uh, Dino was one of the first to reply, and he said, the first three names that come to mind when you hear or read the 2022 Unsociable Hawks. Okay, well, first was Denver Granger Barras, Fiery Ranger, got a bit of aggression in him. That's waiting to spill over. Right. I feel sorry for opposition clubs when he finally gets a go, because I don't think he'll be round one, but he'll be raring to go when he gets his chance. Uh, Kyle Hardigan mm-hmm. is forever in the umpire's sights. <laughs> And uh, I've heard some whispers behind the scenes that uh, they really rate Dan Howe's mongrel. Like, they yeah. really like his physicality. Well, that would be the first I mentioned, Dan Howe. Yep. He's got some very nice physicality, and I think he does enjoy mm-hmm. hurting the opposition whenever <laughs> he can. Yep. Uh, apart from that, McAvoy he oh, enjoys. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't buy into the, the gentle giant thing? No. Okay. Like, he's just all... Pointy bony bits. I mean, he's just—he's <laughs> all corners. Yeah, <laughs> he's polygonal. <laughs> he's uh, 
just a big brute of a man. Um, but and this speaks to uh, what we need out of this side. I can't think of a third, to be honest. It's a need that has to be addressed. Um, it has been for a while. I honestly thought you were going to say Newcomb. Because, I mean, yeah. in terms of a kid, like, really having a crack and getting that body-on-body physicality, like, driving into packs with the footy, um, he'd be the name for me. But is that unsociable? There's a difference, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, unsociable implies that uh, you're caught. <laughs> it does, yeah. I don't think John Newcomb has that brand of physicality. I think the guys that we've mentioned to this point definitely do. <laughs> I mean, Howe's been in the books. Howe's got some good scalps, actually. Uh, not in terms of suspensions, but I can. The, the, when I think of uh, uh, contests with Dan Howe, I think of bringing down Dangerfield. Mm. I think of bringing down uh, the Bont last year. Selwood. Selwood, yep. Yeah. He's got some good ones. Hardigan will just hit blokes. Oh, now here we go. Yeah. Who's, who will be our wingman? Yeah, that's the ultimate question, isn't it? This one from Scamasaurus. Whoever's in space and staying on the halfback line... You're the new wingman. It feels a bit interchangeable with this Hawthorne outfit, doesn't it? Do you reckon it'll be like soccer where they just hand off and sometimes the left back runs around? The right back runs around, just <laughs> extends the... Honestly, you could get that kind of beautiful wing overlap play mm-hmm. and if we can pass it, if we can swap signs, change it through the middle of the ground, we are going to look very very nice I mean Scamasaurus has actually listed some players here Day Bramble Phillips Howe CJ Downey so when you have a problem like this and you're the opposition coach what you do is you say alright as long as it's not in his hands we'll be fine so just make mm-hmm. sure that you sit on him yeah well who are you going to sit on out of these six Day mm-hmm. you'd have to sit on Day right? yes I think so so you're yeah. sitting on Day now you've got Bramble Phillips Howe CJ Downey I would include, you know, Sicily can even move up there. Mm-hmm. He won't run off the wing, but incredible penetration on the kick. You'd notice Impey's not part of that list either. Yeah, yeah. Well, Harry could... Morrison's taking his claim too. Finn McGuinness, if he keeps on this trajectory, he might yeah, be in calculations. I, I, I haven't really seen... I don't really see Finn as a wingman. Fair enough. But I just look at his physicality and I think, oh, go and go inside. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's understandable. I think it's just wonderful to watch. Um, and uh, Phillips is the one under pressure because he's the bloke who already has a wing spot. Neil had a similar question. Seriously, who's going to play on the wings this year? The back line is awfully full. Yeah, it's a, it's a good conundrum. Good conundrum to have indeed. Uh, the next question from Aiden here. Uh, in Korn's interview with Scrimmer, Kane was actually quite positive about the club. Has he realised that our list isn't that bad or will he go back to criticising us again? Oh, look, just because Kane's changed his tune doesn't mean that he hasn't kept the songbook. (laughs) That's right. He'll turn over that page soon enough, probably this week. Uh, Always build them up before you cut them down. You've got to follow the money and the money's not in good news stories. But, you know, maybe Kane is looking at us and going, well... Sammy's getting some good results out of these boys. Nah, I'm pretty sure it was him recently. Even as recent as last podcast, he was one of the guys that's like, all the players want to leave. Where's their motivation? (laughs) It's like, well, are we really going to talk about this all year? Anyway. Um, Next topic's Finn McGuinness. Is he going to be a regular? No, he's not. (laughs) That was the question from Chewy1891, and effectively the same from Paulie underscore Brad. They want to know where Finn's at, if this is going to be his breakout year. Is he going to get a regular game? 
it's too early to say. Like we we can read as much hype as we like in terms of his preseason form, but to this point in the actual season proper, he hasn't really done anything. So I I couldn't possibly say he's going to get a regular game. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys in the queue as well. So if we're not look, put it this way: if we're not playing Finn McGuinness, is any Hawthorne supporter at the moment looking at our best twenty-two and going, "Where's Finn?" I don't think so. Not yet. That can change, though. But we've hardly seen Finn. There's been no That's seconds. That's my point. There's been yeah. Yeah. Matthew asks, so who will have the breakout year? Yes. Who is going to? James Sicily. Uh, <laughs> he finally. You'd gets have to that. say CJ. Oh, he's already broken out, hasn't he? No. You're waiting for more? I'm waiting for consistency. All right. Um, DGB. Mm-hmm. Yep, big one. I would say that uh, Scrimshaw broke out last year. Yeah, that's fair. Could probably do it again. Mm-hmm. Go to another can level. Can he do it again? Yeah, well, he's got the personnel around him. Definitely can go to another level. Yep. I'd Add say a- uh, Mitch Lewis for me. Yeah. He hasn't broken out yet. Yeah, well, he, had a, he had a false dawn like a couple of years ago. Tick that off. That's the third year running. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd want to. He's out of contract. And Connor Nash. Now, uh, moving on. Right right well, Connor Nash hasn't broken out by your admission. Has he not? No. No. No, he's not. I'll say it right now. He has not. <laughs> uh, he looks promising, though. I mean, both look, they're our boys, respectively. I like Mitch Lewis. You're a Connor Nash stan. Uh, a stand you are right all Eminem vibes 100% lovely (laughs) they clearly both have another level to go to and both looked promising last year I mean a guy that consistently he kicks a goal every game he plays Mitch Lewis just needs to find another level where he is a bona fide match winner that's where he needs to get to as for Nash more of the same when what he was playing War- in the midfield... What about great. Warple? Yeah, Warple. Warple's an interesting one, actually. I'm really looking forward to seeing how Mitchell manages that midfield because we know how well it worked at West Coast. Viney Nigel. When trying to arrest momentum, will Sam continue with some of Clarko's defensive cluster? Yeah, I think he will. I think you have to, only because from what we know of the attacking mindset of Mitchell's plans... Because you can't change both mindsets at once. No, that's that's too much. And also the way that Mitchell wants to play the game, seemingly, is very fast-paced, electric, and also exhausting football that needs some tempo play. Mm. Like, you've you got to manage the defensive aspect of the game that gives these guys a break. And the best way to do that is a zone. But the speed involved means you usually have less players. Mm. And, and so you'd have maybe... Five running up the field yep. against your opposition's mm-hmm. four, but because of the space, you can really isolate them well. Yeah, and with skill and with you know a bit of what's the word, poise, mm-hmm. you can make the goals look easy. Yeah, and that's what he wants. But in terms of uh, that, where we just file back and fill up the defensive spots, I think that's staying. A question here. A couple of listeners had a similar question to one another. Uh, with the potential for crowds returning, will the club do anything for Al Clarkson and Silk, seeing as they played their last game to an empty stadium? That one from Stewie Bro and Richo. Thanks, guys. It's a deafening silence mm. on that topic. I don't think it's going to happen because they're, they're just in very different places in their lives at the moment. I mean, when, when does Clarko's US trip end? And when does his Tassie work begin? What is he even going to be available? 
And Silk's wrapped up with Port Adelaide. Isn't the Tassie work just a couple of zooms? Is that not what it is? <laughs> well, I don't know how hands-on it is. I've no <laughs> idea. But I, I, I don't know if the schedules permit. And who knows? Maybe, maybe these guys are... Maybe they're good. Maybe Look, they're fine. we only want them for an afternoon, Nick. God. Yeah, and you'd think an afternoon... They just have to show up. You'd think an it's afternoon that deal. is devoted to celebrating that would be... But I don't know. I don't come, know. come to the G. Can we see you at the G this time? And the club does everything else. All they have to do is trot out. I mean, you'd hope so. It sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds easy, but I don't know. It'd be wonderful for us fans, the loyal fans over mm-hmm. the last two years, who've paid dues that probably weren't rewarded. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm all for it. I hope it happens. I just don't know if it will. Uh, the next question here from Wiley uh, at Hawk Talk Pod. With Gunston and Sicily returning, drafting Ward, and the natural improvement of the young guys, I can't find spots for Shields, Phillips, or Hardigan in my preferred 22. Who of the experienced players do you see not making the best 22 and possibly looking for a new home by the end of the year? And we'll take that on notice. You're not prepared to... No, well, this is this is a round six question. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. It would be a bit so harsh round stage. six rolls around or after round six, this is when we start going, mm-hmm. getting the black pen out, putting a line through. As audacious as it can sometimes sound to be like, oh, this guy's going to tear it up this year and you've seen him at an intra club. It can be equally as audacious just to be like, oh, this guy's he's cooked, he's over, he's done. Yeah, well, famously, there were a few Twitter um, people in the uh, Connor Nash experiment. I remember that. I'll just leave it at that then. <laughs> I feel like no. it's directed at me, but anyway. No, it's not directed at you. <laughs> oh, who then? They know who they are. No. Now. <laughs> Go on. Peter's asked, what about the fitness of the side? And uh, will Finn and Ward start round one? And we'll get to the round one um, starting 22 a little bit later after a couple of... um, Drinks. A couple of hit-outs against other clubs, don't you think? Yeah, that's right. But I would love to see uh, some some of the young players come out against North because I think in that first couple of months, there's not a lot lot of opportunities to to blood them. Yeah, Um, that's right. So... You know, I'm not saying North aren't that good, but I'm saying if you're going to see how good a player can be mm. and if you've got a player with good confidence coming into the start of the season, mm-hmm. that might be the time to let him in. Yep, just do it. Pull that trigger. Uh, so those are the final questions from Peter and Mark there, basically uh, asking us to review our fortunes heading into season 2022, which, as Tiz said, we'll absolutely get to. We'll draw on what we see from um, the practice games and the, the game against Richmond. So... I reckon that'll be our show, mate. Now, we had another review on the Apple Podcasts. We did indeed. This one from Higgers, number one. Great to have the pod back for 2022 and the start of an exciting new era at Hawthorne. Whatever happens on the field, the Hawk Talk pod only enhances the experience. Really good balance between insights, analysis, humor, and listener engagement. Keep up the good work, lads. Higgers, number one, gave us a five-star review. Thank you very much. Beautiful. And, of course, we're now on... Spotify and Google Podcasts. It is on there now. Oh, it is on we Google had the now. Okay. Inquiry from Liam. Jeez, we're everywhere now. Yeah, Spotify, Google, Audible. You can find episodes on YouTube as well. Um, what is it? Alexa? Is it Alexa the? You can ask Alexa. Can you ask and, Alexa? And, and Amazon Music okay. will play us. Right. Hey, I've got an idea. Alexa, play All Star by Smash Mouth. Oh. <laughs> is that is that going to screw? Up? Actually, wait. No. What am I doing? That'll mean this stops. And suddenly Smash Mouth is playing. Yeah. I hope that didn't work. No, it wouldn't stop on, would it? No, it would. No, it would need their voice. Yeah. It's programmed to, anyway. We know things. We know how all this stuff works. 
Anyway, we're everywhere now. SoundCloud, still on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. You name it, you'll be able to find us. You can also find us online at uh, Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. We're fast approaching another huge milestone tier. 3,200 followers all throughout Feb. You might have noticed it's a Poppy Appreciation Month. 28 days of our famous number 28. Uh, so people have been enjoying that. All sorts of highlights and photos and clips, all sorts of things. Uh, don't forget to join our Facebook family too at facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. And you can find us on Instagram as well, instagram.com slash hawktalkpod. And don't forget our Patreon-exclusive episode that we recorded recently. That's right. It was Hawk Talk on holiday. Yeah. It was a very loose sort of uncut affair. It's a lot of fun. We talked about, you know, a bit of Hawthorne, a bit of football, but also a lot about not either of those things. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, if that's... vaguely about them. Yeah, that's right. It always sort of circled back around, didn't it? Yeah, I wasn't sure about putting in the motif of the waves crashing in the background, Nick, but I think <laughs> it worked by <laughs> the end. That is editing work I'm not prepared to do. <laughs> It'd actually be quite easy, but I'm still not prepared to oh, do it. Fair enough. Uh, obviously, with Patreon, uh, there's all sorts of perks depending on the subscription tier. Our bonus episodes is just one of them. Uh, we want to show our appreciation right now to some proud, passionate, and paid-up Patreon subscribers. Firstly, a shout-out to Matt. G'day, and thank you for being on board. And also, Andre, welcome aboard. Big thanks to both of you for subscribing. Now, uh, if you haven't signed up, and if you like what we do... We'd love for you to sign up and support us and get some of those sweet bonus perks in the process. For all the details, head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. And lastly, just another mention, you would have heard in our halftime break, we have partnered with Manscaped. Support the people that support the Hawk Talk podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code reallypleasing at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping with the code reallypleasing. I forget what kind of genius it is. It's either chaotic genius or evil genius or whatever it is. But every time I hear really pleasing now, Nick, I'm going to think close shaves. Well, I'm a marketing master. What can I say? <laughs> First ad read, bada bing, bada boom. Got it. Done. <laughs> I watched some of the comms from uh, from the club recently. It was Sam Mitchell sitting down with Chris Newman. They were just talking about the intra clubs and all sorts of things. How the team's going. Bang. Another really pleasing right in there. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a weird indoctrination, and what can I say? I'm I'm just glad I carry. Maybe that flame if you hijack now. it, he'll stop saying it. Do you think? Or I don't want him to stop saying it. I I love really pleasing, okay. and I love that we're back in the saddle doing this podcast, mate. It's uh it's good to be back for 2022. Exciting things coming out of the club. I don't know when we'll hit record next, though. I, I mean, we're sort of waiting on just any news coming out of the club at this point. It still is the off season, and. You know, it'd be great to get into the practice match, though. I wish we could. I know the public's barred, but, you know, can we give the club a nudge? We're media, aren't we? Mate, I might have grown a little bit since then, but I used to sneak into the old Princess Park. Mm. Um, I think I remember how we got in. Do you want to give it a shot? Yeah, well, as we know, plenty of cracks down at Carlton, so no problem. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be it for the Hawk Talk podcast. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.